on today's show in a shocking turn of events. No Paolo Bancaro for the Houston Rockets. Instead, Jabari Smith Jr. falling all the way down to the third overall pick. The Houston Rockets selecting Jabari Smith with the third overall selection. They also walk away with Tari Eason at pick 17, and then they traded back from pick 26 that they got via the Christian Wood trade. They drafted Ty Ty Washington at pick 29, as well as scooping up a pair of future second-rounders by way of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Are the Houston Rockets better off with Jabari Smith Jr. instead of Paolo Bancaro? Have the Rockets completely changed their defensive identity overnight with the additions of Jabari, Tari Eason, and Ty Ty Washington? All of that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays, host of the State of the Rockets podcast, as well as the founder of ClutchCityControlRoom.com. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and of course the show at Locked on Rockets. Wow, what a draft night for the Houston Rockets. Absolutely absurd from start to finish. We're going to talk about Jabari Smith Jr. falling to the third overall pick. Are the Rockets better off with Jabari Smith Jr. than they would have been with Paolo Bancaro? Also, scooping up Tari Eason, the guy at the top of my draft board for pick number 17 for the Houston Rockets. Scooping up Ty Ty Washington with the 29th overall pick after trading down three spots with the 26th selection that they got by way of the Christian Wood trade. Picking up a pair of additional future second rounders from the Minnesota Timberwolves. A complete win if you're the Houston Rockets. They, Rafael Stone and the rest of the Rockets front office, absolutely crushed it in a subsequent year on draft night. Let's, let's start with the big story here, and that's... Jabari Smith Jr. falling to pick number three and the Magic coming out of left field, surprising everybody, and surprising everybody except Vegas, I guess, and taking Paolo Bancaro number one overall. This, what I was stunned in the moment. I was completely stunned, as were many Rockets fans, that this played out the way that it did. And at the end of the day, I, I had resigned myself to Paolo Bancaro. I thought that I, I, I was... You know, warming up to the idea of him in a Rockets jersey, I was excited at the possibility of what he could bring to this Rockets team. I was excited about the ability that he had as a playmaker, somebody you can give the ball to, run the offense through, all of this. But Jabari Smith Jr. had always been the number one guy on my draft board. And for him to fall, not one spot, but two spots, two spots, down to the Houston Rockets at pick number three. If you had told me this a month ago, I would not have believed you whatsoever. If you are in the Bancaro boat, if you really wanted Paolo Bancaro in Houston and you are distraught over this pick, keep in mind, the Rockets were going to walk away with a top-tier talent at the top of this draft, regardless of who they ultimately got at pick number three. And the way that it shook out, Orlando with Paolo at number one, then Chet Holmgren, the Rockets got incredibly lucky 
with Jabari Smith Jr. at number three. There is a reason that he was widely regarded as the consensus number one pick in this draft. And here, I'm going to lay it out for you and why you should be excited for Jabari Smith Jr. in a Rockets jersey. This guy is a hyper elite three-point shooter, 42% from behind the arc in college. That is an absurd amount. We're not talking 38, 39. Yes, really, you know, good three. We're talking an elite three-point shooter, a skill that every single NBA team absolutely needs. Great size at six foot ten. Great, great length, great physicality, all of that. A great NBA-ready body. And he is going to be a top-tier elite. NBA defender. He is a guy that is going to be an all-NBA caliber defender at some point in his career. Not right away, not as a rookie. He's going to have to work up to it. But he has all the skills to be so impactful. And at the end of the day, while there are some question marks about his ability to handle the basketball, about his ability to score inside, at the rim, on the interior, those are things that I think will be able to be developed with his game to round him out as a player over time. Does he you know, necessarily need to develop those skills immediately overnight? Absolutely not. He's going to work on them over time, though. And I do think that right away, the fit is what is so crazy about how well he accents what the Houston Rockets already have in play with Jalen Green, with Alperin Shingun. This is a guy that you bring into the mix who is going to be able to play off of these two other incredibly talented offensive forces that the Houston Rockets already have and do so seamlessly. He fits in beautifully to what this Rockets team is trying to accomplish. And on the defensive side of the ball, this is almost the perfect complement to Alperin Shingun at the four, or even if the Rockets play him at the three. He is the type of guy who will be able to set the tone defensively for this Houston Rockets team and essentially really help to be kind of a defensive, a vocal leader, if you will, in, in what the Rockets are trying to accomplish on that side of the basketball. So throughout this show, we're going to share some reactions from Rafael Stone in his immediate post-NBA draft presser. And so let's just go to his reaction uh, about what it meant to, to have Jabari Smith Jr. right there on the board when the Rockets were selecting at pick number three. It was huge. <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, you know, made my night. So, um, no, we're, I mean, we're really excited. We think, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, you know, he's a super important piece of the puzzle. So, yeah, like, I mean, I, I do my best not to give a lot, but, um, um, but, but you know that when when we uh, uh, when I was in Chicago for the lottery, um, that was that was a good night, and today and, and today was a good night. So tonight was a good night. So um, no, we we are we're expecting we're expecting you know really really good things from Jabari, and um, he's going to be an enormous part of what we do, and uh, on a going forward basis. A, a very enthusiastic response from Rafael Stone, who is not usually that animated during his media availabilities. He usually plays things pretty pretty close to the vest, even saying there that he tries not to usually give a lot uh, by way of, of reaction and whatnot. So let's run it up again. Let's see his uh, thoughts on what it meant to have Tari Eason there at pick 17 for the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, we there was no guarantees, and... Um... You know, um, every th this is true of every team that is picking 17. You you never end up picking your 17th ranked player. Um, and I don't I'm not going to tell you exactly where we had everything ranked, 
but but he was somebody that that we were extraordinarily high on and so we we were sweating bullets there as uh as our pick came up and um and again i think he just is you know he has a chance to be really dynamic so um so we're, we're yeah we had a really good night tonight and uh and and we're really excited to to get started um honestly to get started tomorrow what do the additions of jabari smith jr Tari Eason and Ty Ty Washington mean to this Houston Rockets team? How do they kind of fit into this, a potential new defensive identity for this Rockets team? We're going to talk about that coming up in just one moment after a message from our friends over at Arcade One Up. NBA Jam is back with Arcade One Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games. It's not only bringing the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger and better than ever with a Shaq Edition machine. In one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from ArcadeOneUp.com. That's Arcade, the number one up.com for an estimated early September. Ship date. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. And check this out. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine to a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8th to enter to win an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine. Don't miss out. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, before getting to and sharing some more uh, little clips from Rafael Stone's post-draft media availability and continuing uh, just to, to break down what this draft night means for the Houston Rockets, I, I do want to focus still here on Jabari Smith Jr. because, look, one of the important takeaways to have about how important this is for the Rockets to get Jabari at pick number three is this kid was expected to go number one overall, or at worst, drop down to number two. And for him to fall to number three, you could see the frustration on his face that he was not selected one or two. He absolutely is going to use this as fuel for his NBA career to prove everybody wrong. The intangible of the work ethic, the drive, the desire to want to go out there and prove that you should have been the number one overall pick is exactly one of the traits that made Jalen Green so desirable last year, right? He said he was going to go out there and prove the Detroit Pistons wrong for not taking him number one overall, right? And everybody loved that attitude from Jalen Green. And so now we've got Jabari Smith Jr. in Houston with that same chip on his shoulder, if not maybe even a bigger chip on his shoulder because Jalen Green was never the consensus number one guy the same way that Jabari was. Everybody was touting Jabari as the number one overall selection. And again, for very good reason, in the months leading up to the draft, feeling like he was the best overall prospect with his combined you know, skills, the shooting, the offensive prowess, the defensive ability, the physicals, all of that, right? There is a reason he was the number one guy for so long. And for the Magic to pull that entire 180 on him after rolling out the red carpet for him in Orlando and treating him like a king when he was down there doing his, you know, workout, media availability, all that stuff, for them to pivot <coughs> at the last moment and go to Paolo Bancaro, that is absolutely going to piss Jabari off. And he's going to be able to use that moving forward as an NBA player. And he even said so as he was addressing it in his uh, immediate availability right after the fact, 
Uh, somebody asked him, what were your thoughts when the pick was announced? There was a lot of talk about you going number one. Did it add a chip to you when you got the final result? Jabari said, definitely added a chip. <clears throat> Pardon me. Still trying to get over this, whatever this was. I try not to cough in the podcast, but I can't help it. Jabari said, definitely added a chip, but God makes no mistakes. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be where I'm wanted. I'm happy to get to Houston and just show them, give them what they picked. Just happy to be here. Jabari Smith Jr. is absolutely going to be able to use this you know, to motivate himself to be to become the best version of himself. And I really do think Houston is an incredible spot for him with everything that Houston Rockets are are growing and cultivating here. He and Jalen Green and Alperin Shingoon, that is a a really insanely exciting young core moving forward. And again, it, it with the addition uh, the additions as well of Tari Eason and Ty Ty Washington. This gives the Rockets a really new dynamic look defensively as to how they can approach things. And so I got a chance to ask Rafael Stone about uh, what he thought about these two prospects from a defensive point of view. Well, um, last year you spoke highly about Josh Christopher, his defensive upside, kind of uh, using the, the Drew Holiday comparison there. So I'm curious how you feel about the defensive upside and versatility of the players selected tonight, and if there are any current NBA players that you liken them to. Um, I'll start with Jabari, and the answer is no. <laughs> like, he's, yeah, I think Jabari is really interesting. I think he's just so big. So I think, and he, and he does move exceptionally well. He moves his feet really, really well on the perimeter. I, I actually can't think of any, I don't, and he's doing it in college. So like, I don't, again, I don't know how it translates to the NBA We're we're hoping it translates perfectly and quickly, but, but, you know, we'll see how that works out. But I, I don't remember anybody at his size um, in college kind of with his, you know, with his, with his kind of lateral, his ability to stay in front and contain and contest and everything on the perimeter. Um, and then he's also good on the interior. So he, he has some kind of unique skills there. Um, and, and we're excited about it, but I, I don't know that there's a natural comp and then Tari's um, yeah. Tari can play defense, man. And so, um, but again, like at LSU, they played, they played an interesting defense that, that doesn't really resemble many college defenses and, and, and no NBA defenses. So it's going to, you know, he's gonna have to learn how to translate it. Um, but he plays really hard. Um, and he's a great athlete and, uh, and he's very committed on the defense on the defensive end. He, he makes, you know, he, he's, um, there, there's some defensive players contain and, and then, and then some very few are playmakers. I, I would definitely consider him a playmaker on defense. Rafael Stone with some glowing words of praise for both Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason. Bari and Tari, if you will, which we absolutely have to get to stick. An incredible nickname for that duo. But, you know, I, I love that he basically says, no, there's not a comp for Jabari because we haven't seen that before. The guy, A guy with that level of size, the, the strength that he has, but the ability to stay with faster players on the perimeter. He, so he was just being upfront and honest. No, there's not a comp out there that makes sense for him from a defensive perspective. 
And then getting Natari Eason, I loved the way that he talked about him being a playmaker defensively, a guy that can create, uh, you know, really create opportunities for you, uh, you know, offensively out of his defense, right? You get a block and immediately you're breaking out in transition. You get a steal and immediately you're breaking out in transition. These are things that we've already seen flashes of out of guys like Josh Christopher and Jay Sean Tate. I would argue that those two guys are kind of like playmakers defensively where they make things happen on the defensive side of the basketball that can convert into easy offensive opportunities. So the idea of those two guys being able to play off of one another and, you know, at times being able to share the floor with one another is so enticing for this Rockets team because I think you're now looking at a Rockets roster that is essentially going to be starting out. There's still some question marks maybe about who starts at the three, but right now I feel very safe in saying that the Houston Rockets are going to start Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and Alperin Shingoon. Question marks around who, you know, maybe starts in that three spot. Maybe it's Eric Gordon as a veteran. Maybe the Rockets still move him. Maybe it's Jay Sean Tate with that improved three ball. Or maybe the Rockets start Jabari at the three and they roll out Tari Eason at the four in their starting lineup. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that they could go with this. A lot of potential versatility, different lineup permutations that the Rockets can experiment with. And we'll get our first look at how these guys can play together in Summer League, where we know that Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba both committed to playing in Summer League. Alperin Shingun, I, I doubt, will be there due to conflicts with uh, playing for the Turkish national team. But hopefully we'll be able to see Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba get some reps with their future Rockets teammates in Jabari Smith Jr., uh, Tari Eason and Ty Ty Washington. Summer League is going to be so exciting this year. I mean, last year was great. This year is going to be, I think, even more exciting, honestly, with the, the draft haul that the Rockets managed to pull in this go-around. So, Coming up, I do want to share some uh, some uh, two more clips from General Manager Rafael Stone talking about uh, what these players kind of mean in the grand scheme of what the Houston Rockets are trying to develop and grow and cultivate here in Houston. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online because look, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and Everything else that you could imagine. I mean, they got you for all the fighting news, MMA, UFC, boxing, you name it. They've got you covered. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and uh, more. Just again, they've got you. They've even got golf over at Bet Online. So BetOnline remains your best spot for all of your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you. Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I think one of the biggest question marks about Jabari Smith Jr. and his addition to this Houston Rockets team is, is going to be kind of what does he look like when playing with Alperin Shingun. So let's hear from Rafael Stone and what he thinks about that possible pairing. How do you think Jabari and LP kind of play off of one another? And is it your hope to see them on the floor together a majority of the time? I don't know about a majority of the time, um, but I think like they're, they play off each other extraordinarily well. Um, Alperin is, you know, an elite passer, especially for a center. Like he's, that is, that is a skill he possesses that just very, very few centers have. And the better the you know, and so people who can put the ball in the hole, um, you know, that, that really, really helps. And so I, I think, I think they complement each other 
extraordinarily well. Um, and um, I do think that Jabari is, you know, your prototypical um, kind of four big wing, whatever you want to call him, um, with just a ton of size and length that are that are really really help us out. So I, I do think I think Jabari fits not just Alperin. I mean, our entire team. I, I think he's he's a seamless fit with with our current group. Um, I think Tari is too. So I, I think both these guys. I, you know, largely we're largely the rest of the group is 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 kind of the group that you saw on the floor um, towards the end of the season. And, and certainly we think we played pretty well towards the end of the season. And, um, and I think, uh, I, I think Jabari and Tari can hit the ground running. Um, well, at some point there, I mean, I do want to keep real, you know, realistic expectations. These guys are also rookies, so, um, they're going to have a learning curve and it's going to be, you know, we don't know what it is yet, but, but having said that their skill fit, uh, both of these players, their skill fit fits, our existing group wonderfully. Um, one question I was asked, I don't know, last time I did this a month ago or whatever, one of you asked me about fit versus um, talent. And I said, you just take the most talented guy. And we did. Um, so obviously you can imagine since I'm telling you how seamlessly they fit, how happy we are that they were also the most talented, the most talented people available. Um, that is, that, that is, that does not happen often. So, so we are extremely, extremely excited. I could be wrong, but I think I was the one who asked Stone about the BPA versus fit question, which is funny, him referencing that at the end of that clip. Um, that only just hit me like mid-recording on this after chopping up all these answers and all that. But um, I'll have to go find that because I think I was the one who asked him that question. But uh, I don't want to you know, digress too far. I, I do think that, again, very, you know, really insightful answer from Stone about how these two guys really fit the mold of what the Rockets want to be able to do and how these two guys are the, the direction the NBA is trending, right? Guys who are, you know, positionless in the ability that they can do so many different things on the floor. They can cover, uh, you know, a, a wide array of positions defensively. Offensively, they're they're talented. They can handle, you know, they can handle the ball. Well, let me backtrack a little bit, right? Offensively, they are a seamless fit in the sense that both of them can shoot. Both of them can thrive in transition. Both of them should be able to finish reasonably well at the rim. I know there's some question marks about Jabari's ability to finish on the interior, but I'm talking about like running in transition, that kind of thing, right? These are two legitimate primetime athletes who are going to be able to thrive off of Feet, you know, off of guys like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and Alper and Shingun creating for them. And then you couple that with the fact that they're going to be wreaking havoc defensively. And now the Houston Rockets have pieces to accent them on the defensive side. And they, above all else, they have size. They they are now a big team, right? This past year, the Rockets' starting power forward was Jay Sean Tate at six foot four. This year, the starting power forward is going to be at least six foot nine. At least, at a minimum, it, their starting power forward might be six ten, alongside a six foot nine, six foot ten center in Alper and Shingun, who is a solid like thirty or forty pounds heavier than Christian Wood. So, this Houston Rockets team just suddenly got so much bigger and beefier and and longer, and that's exactly the type of skills and and physical attributes that you want at the NBA level to be a good team, right? These are going to be players that you look at. You look at the NBA Finals, right? The two teams that were competing against one another, they had lengthy defenders. They had guys who weren't necessarily, you know, the tallest players out there, right? They didn't have like a bunch of seven-footers running around out there. 
They had guys who had the skill set defensively to use their length, right? 6'10", 6'9", guys who have a lot of length, who are switchable on defense to be able to help you know, flatten out an opposing NBA offense. And, and you saw that on both ends of the spectrum, both from the Warriors and from the Boston Celtics. And I do think, I do think that there's kind of, you know, potentially as far as the NBA being positionless, right? I, I do think it's interesting how Rafael Stone did discuss what these two guys kind of bring to the table as far as what he views them as, you know, as, as bigs or wings. And it was a great question asked by good friend of the show, Dave Hardesty, clutch fans himself. So let's run that, uh, our, our final clip of the evening. Well, congrats uh, on your draft tonight. Just had a question about the versatility you touched on a little bit of both of these guys, Jabari and Tari. You know, most have kind of projected them to be fours. Can you speak on the the sort of versatility they have if either one could play some small ball five or a wing projected out into the future? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Like a lot of what we when we talk about um, position for us at the Rockets, we tend to focus more on defense than on offense because we think we think on offense. Um, you, you can do, you can get creative. You can do different things with a lot of guys, not, not with all guys, but with a lot of guys um, in time, not, not day one in time, you know, we expect Tari Gar one through five. Like I, I think that's what he did in college. And, and I think, I think there's absolutely no reason he can't do that, do that in the NBA. Um, not, not full time at the five, not full time at the one, but he, I do think he projects to be one of the more switchable defenders Um in the league, just based on his size and, and athleticism and natural ability. Um, I think Jabari is going to be able to switch one through five too. probably just because he's bigger. He'll be more a three, four and five defensively. Uh, but, but I think in time, both these guys could be really, really good and, and really, really versatile. There's absolutely no reason, no reason they can't do it. And, you know, and, you know, they're both exceptionally hard workers. That's our background on them. We work hard here. We'll help them with the learning curve. And, uh, you know, and again, I'm really excited for the future. So a bit of insight from Rafael Stone as to the the true defensive versatility that he views from these two guys, talking about viewing Tari Eason as a guy who truly can guard one through five. And when I did my breakdown of Tari Eason in our little draft profile specials, I, I did chime in the fact that, I, you know, that term gets thrown around a lot, right? Uh, you know, guards one through five. And I think I may have even thrown it out there when Rune referencing Jabari just, you know, anecdotally. And I do think that Jabari will, you know, potentially have that potential to be able to guard, you know, some guys two through five, maybe one through five. But the idea of guarding one through five basically means you can guard anybody on the floor, right? Any other player on the opposing team, you get switched on, you're going to be able to check that player. And for Stone to already say that out the gate, that he thinks that Tari Eason can be that type of player and legitimately guard one through five is high praise because that's a diff, that is a tall, tall order to be able to, at the end of the day, check some ones and check some fives. That's tough. There's very few players in the NBA that can legitimately do that. Draymond Green is another guy who can legitimately check one through five on the floor. And I do think that Jabari Smith Jr., to Rafael Stone's credit, I do think he kind of fits the envelope more so because he's a little bit bigger, um, you know, still has some great, you know, great foot, you know, great foot move, foot speed, foot movement, um, you know, lateral movement ability defensively, all of that. I do still think he'll be able to guard smaller, faster players. Maybe not necessarily the true one through five range defensively, 
but it is, you know, kind of uh, a glimpse into how Stone thinks he'll be utilized further down the line, guarding pre predominantly threes, fours, and fives at the NBA level because he is a, a little bit bigger than Tari Eason, uh, maybe a little bit more equipped to guard those bigger players on the floor rather than being somebody who, who truly does guard all the way down through ones and twos. So these two guys, again, adding them into the fray for the Houston Rockets is th this was... This was such an incredible draft night for the Rockets. For them to have been able to walk away with what was largely the consensus number one pick at number three is absurd. I know that there's going to be some Rockets fans who are disappointed that Paolo Bancaro is not a Houston Rocket. But again, you should be incredibly excited for the addition of Jabari Smith Jr. and watching him absolutely flourish next to Jalen Green and Alperin Shingoon. And I do think that this kind of absolves any potential worries, right, about Alper and Shingun and the fit between he and Paolo Bancaro and any of the concerns potentially defensively that may arise or that may have arisen from that from that possible pairing. Now you have a, a match made in heaven between Jabari and, and Alper and Shingun, two guys who are going to be able to you know, feed off of each other offensively and flourish on that end. And then defensively, Jabari Smith, a guy who absolutely complements Alper and Shingun and can kind of help cover some of the ground defensively if there are any issues with LP running, you know, being the, the Rockets full-time five or, or, you know, future starting five uh, once we get to next season and he inherits that starting role now that Christian Wood has officially been moved on from the organization. So to get Jabari Smith at number three, to get Tari Eason, who was clearly one of the top picks, uh, you know, for the Rockets at their board at pick 17, all the defensive versatility that he brings, as well as the fact that he is a polished offensive, you know, three-point shooter. Again, maybe some question marks about the release point on his shot, all that, that's stuff that they can tweak a little bit further down the line if necessary, but a great foundation for him to build and work up from. And then the final one of the night that we really didn't get to talk to Rafael Stone about yet is snagging Ty Ty Washington all the way down at 29. Like, this was a guy who was being mocked to go, you know, mid to late, you know, mid first round. Like, I saw late teens, early 20s, like, range for him, give or take. And then the Rockets pick started creeping up at 26, and Ty Ty was still on the board. And then the Rockets traded even further back, and Ty Ty Washington's kept falling back. So... They walked away with a great get at pick number 29. And in addition to getting him, they were able to accumulate two future assets by way of the Minnesota Timberwolves, two future second round draft picks, which unfortunately we still don't know the details on those second round draft picks. Hopefully we'll have more news on those moving forward. What I will leave you with as we kind of wrap up this episode, our initial instantaneous reaction to the Rockets walking away with an absolute haul in the 2022 NBA draft. What does this mean for KJ Martin moving forward? Because I do think that there were some legitimate question marks about how much playing time he would be able to reasonably receive had Paolo Bencaro been brought into the fold, a guy who predominantly would only be able to play the four at least right away at the NBA level. Now, you have a guy in Jabari Smith who reasonably can play the four, can play the three, can maybe play some small ball five. Like you have a lot more versatility on both sides of the floor with Jabari Smith than you probably would have at least right out of the gate with Paolo Bancaro. Maybe that changes things in how the organization approaches KJ Martin and his role with this organization moving forward. If they can guarantee him a spot where they say, hey, you're going to be able to get X number of minutes moving forward because we have opened up the rotation because we have a lot more flexibility in the lineup, in the roster, all of that moving forward than we thought we were going to have. 
So it'll be really curious to see how that situation resolves itself. But definitely be on the lookout for our very next episode. We're going to put out a Friday afternoon episode immediately after the Rockets can, well, the Rockets are doing their post-draft in-person media availability with Rafael Stone, Steven Silas, and the draftees in person, 3.30 p.m. Central Time at Toyota Center. So I'll be there. I'll cover that. Be on the lookout for all of the, the quotes and all the information from that. And then we'll put out an episode after that a little bit later Friday evening. So an ec- not an extra episode. I got to make up for the fact that I was super sick earlier this week. But just be on the lookout for the next episode. It'll be out before Monday. So it will be like a Friday night, Saturday morning type episode. But as always, we appreciate you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Search Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell me how you feel about the Rockets draft night. Tell me how you feel about Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, Ty Ty Washington, all of that. Let me know in the comments. I want to know your thoughts on how the Rockets did. Give me your Rockets draft grade in the comments because I think they absolutely crushed it a plus 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 all that but as always thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening and we look forward to having you back right here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball